0: Open the pod bay doors, please. Oh. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Another coast. We get together. Have a few <laughs> A movie, Ice, with
1: Brad Patella and Gus Trapp. Don't you have, like, in your drawer, like a bottle of scotch? How are I you you're, uh, that's okay uh, that's a gift i'm going to get you so you can be a true professor Yeah i, I do need that This film isn't
0: really that cinematic It's like
1: Yeah that's i yeah i, I, I have that written down It's more in the casting Yeah Well let's not let's wait to get into that All right <laughs> Should we start yeah let's do it all right all
0: right all right welcome it's brad patello here joined as always by my good friend gus trouth and today we're discussing dazed and confused 1993 coming of age comedy directed by richard Linklater. um i guess since this is my pick i'll start uh, with the overall impressions i've seen this movie way too many times I saw it in the theater when it came out i was 20 um and i don't know i almost had like burned myself out on it actually it's definitely in my top 10 but after it came to video i got you know first i had it on vhs and then i got a dvd laser oven. disc <laughs> <laughs> i had i had it on Datamax at one point too <laughs> It was just, uh, I watched it so many times that I kind of burned myself out on it. And I hadn't gone back to it for a while. Um, this uh, Criterion Collection, by the way, I, I brought it in here, but, well, I showed it yeah, to it's you. Awesome. Yeah, that awesome. Yeah, if anybody who's a fan of the film, definitely, I assume it's on Blu-ray. I think I just have a standard deaf DVD copy. But the Criterion Collection... Of this movie is really great there's there's lots of stuff there's like all of the like making of interviews with the cast and like 10-year reunion stuff and um, all of the uh, screen tests of all the of all the characters and really good this a lot is, a lot of stuff on there
1: i kind i didn't really look up too much um uh, trivia on this one but is is this like a first for like Almost all of these people, eight like first like real feature film. Most
0: most of them, yeah. I mean, like,
1: uh, Adam Goldberg and yeah, um, mostly McConaughey. There's, like McConaughey's, yeah. There's maybe he had something else in
0: there. Uh, McConaughey was in a beer commercial. Um,
1: <laughs> ben and then Affleck, walked off the set onto this set, <laughs>
0: basically. Ben Affleck was in a movie called uh, School Ties. He had a he had a small part in that, okay. which came out in ninety two. But it wasn't out when they cast this.
1: What a so, what a piece of shit he is in this movie. <laughs> he pulls it off perfectly.
0: I love this. Is my favorite Ben Affleck. I, I was I wrote <laughs> I actually wrote down like after he gets paint up on him, he has this little tantrum.
1: Oh, I wrote so good.
0: I wrote down this is my all time favorite Ben Affleck performance. Yeah, it's he's like just he pushes the guy and then he he's like swearing at everybody and he's like fuck all of you, fuck you, and he does this little jump in the air. (laughs) Yeah, he almost falls over too. And he gets in In his his... car door and he slams it and he turns it on real mad and he peels out.
1: Yeah, goes forward, he goes over the grass and shit. (laughs) Yeah, he almost runs over pink. (laughs) Uh this yeah, this movie when I think when I was growing up, not knowing anything but loving movies and catching it on TV randomly, I was like, oh, like this is like from the 70s. Cuz it's that authentic. It really it like I I it kind of blows my mind it's from 1993. Like it doesn't feel like it's from 1993. Like I get like <sighs> I almost can't even place it. Like, I understand it's a period piece, like, and I get that. So I know it's not from the seventies, but it doesn't feel like it's from 1993. Like when you think of movies that were coming out around that, because they did the, how they shot this movie, it's very, it's shot like the seventies. It's not like, um, there's nothing like special about how it's shot necessarily. There's uh, yeah. some insert shots when they're playing like foosball that are like really close up. And there's a interesting shot at the very, very end when they're on the, um, on the uh, football field and uh, Don or what's his name? He's my favorite.
0: Don, the one, the guy in the bib overalls. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah That's <laughs> Hands down. My favorite character. <laughs> he um, is saying like, I tried the best I could. I did while I was here. And he's saying that and it's, but the it's this sort of like super uh, depth of field close up of pink. And it's yeah. kind of like rotating around him. Yeah, I had that down as and one it, of my favorite shots. Yeah, and it? it's so, that's where it gets really cinematic. It it knows when to get cinematic. And it also knows when to just be on a, a fly in a wall, which right. adds to the authenticness of the movie. Because it almost feels like it's a documentary. And like, you know, it's not but there's something about it that is documentarian-esque. That's what works for it. Like if it was very cinematic, it wouldn't work as well. Well,
0: the cinematography doesn't call attention to itself. It's used very sparingly. There's a handful of shots where it's either a tracking shot or a crane shot. Um, but mostly it's all just, uh, medium shots and standard coverage a lot of standard coverage
1: not i i did write down what you said about the ease of it um it's just i don't remember where the note is exactly but it there's no yeah it doesn't call attention to itself it's very like it just flows uh i wrote down flows seamlessly no overt plot Small. The small details is what kind of really makes the movie. Mm-hmm. When it comes to clothing and hair and li- the little things they're doing, like in the background, or like this, you almost couldn't even list. It would be the longest list ever. Like just how they're in the sh- the, the shop uh, making the paddles, and the guy, <laughs> like the 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 teacher's sleeping, and all of that. <laughs> And, and then I also wrote re- Relatable slice Slices of Life. It's just, even though it's in the 70s, I didn't grow up in the 70s, I'm 86. Like, it's so relatable. One of yeah. the characters in the movie you either were or can point, oh, that's, I know who that guy is.
0: Yes, exactly. There, there's so many spot
1: on archetypes of like kids in high school but there's not the overt like okay there's one guy that's an asshole but you can almost like understand why he's an asshole and i like when pink says that you it's he's a good guy to have on your side yeah because there was there were people like that that were just like viciously mean but i'm sure that ben affleck's character is like had a shitty home life you know (laughs) i think that's how he
0: played the character
1: too or he's like a rich kid and barely knows his parents
0: Ben Affleck later said that he played the character as like somebody who was afraid of his father. Yeah. And that's kind of where he gets his mean streak from, but even like the mean quote unquote characters have appeal, you
1: know? Well, like Don, he is like when he goes with uh Mitch to get the beer, he's like, Oh, don't worry. I'm going to pay for it. Like, but just follow my lead, you know, like, but he also like pretends to punch that one nerd at one point. I was in a. I love that shot where he's uh, that, <laughs> he
0: that, does like a fake punch on the. Yeah, there's and the a guy really like ed-
1: flinches. Yeah, there's a really good edit there in the cut and motion where they're they're like Link later, whoever was paying attention to where the guy's arm was holding the door open. Oh uh, yeah, because it cuts
0: around to the other side and
1: yeah. reverse he's like
0: doing the same action like pulling back from the fake punch Well, i mean yeah this was a little little ahead of my time too this this is kind of in that vein of like nostalgia for two decades ago whenever it was in the in the 70s there was a bunch of 50s nostalgia with like greece and happy days and right in the 80s there was a bunch of 60s nostalgia there was definitely a wave of 70s nostalgia in the 90s and i don't know i don't want to say this movie kicked it off but you know it was definitely part of that and it kind of came in early like where you're seeing now like 80s nostalgia is like so played out yeah it's it's to the point where i see something that takes place in the 80s and i'm just like oh god really you know you had the three seasons of stranger things then you get the
1: that would be the one I think that I would let. I think they did a good job in Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. No, I love
0: Stranger Things, but then it you know, then it was the American Horror Story season and then it was like yeah, this yeah. Wonder Woman movie and it's just like <laughs> we get it, you know, malls and Cyndi
1: Lauper and yeah, uh, arcade games. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, then somebody makes a short animation about a oh, stop yeah. motion animation. <laughs> yeah. What kind of a nerd would do that? <laughs> have you seen um midnight in paris basically it's a woody allen movie um luke wilson um, gets drunk and lost in paris and at the stroke of midnight like an old-timey car pulls up next to him and all these like you know 20s people with a champagne and uh champagne goblets and stuff. They're like, get in, get in, come on. You know, the, the night is fresh. Like <laughs> He gets in this car and it magically, it's very magical. Just, it's like all of a sudden he's just in the twenties and that's his, the magic of it in the movie is like this, whatever this weird little pocket time pocket is in Paris at midnight takes you to like whatever you're most nostalgic for. So it's like what he wants to, it's where he would want to go. Oh, and what nice. I'm saying is I, for some weird reason, I have, I want to go to the seventies. Like if I met my midnight in Paris would be going back to the seventies. There was something whole, like great going on with hanging outside. And I don't know.
0: There was everybody good, had ripped abs, good rock and roll <laughs> music. Um, yeah. Great music. Good movies, good movies. The costumes in this too, are just, uh, Oh my God. So So
1: I think that's no, no other movie has ever, I'm talking, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing the line right here, Brad, God damn it. There is no other period piece movie that like, and I'm not talking about goddamn World War II and all that bullshit. 70s or sick, like they 70s movies. Let's draw on the line. 70s movies. Okay. No one can do it no one can do it even stranger things doesn't even do it correct like some of the hair isn't quite quite right like this movie this movie fucking nails it i think
0: stranger things is like made by a couple guys who were born in 1983 so i think stranger things is more about nostalgia for the 80s that existed in 80s movies like goonies
1: i know but you still want to like they're still trying like you've By season three, like the hair is, there's more attention to the hair. I would say the only character, although they go through a couple wardrobe changes in this movie, is Pink. At the beginning, he has like he looks kind of like he's from the 90s because that those net that necklace he has on had already come back, and he just has like a a gray pocket tee and like kind of baggy jeans on. He's very nondescript. Yeah, and I, it's one of those things I think that could be um, where everybody else feels perfect. All the extra characters, all the, uh, like, in the high school, all the teachers, the coach. <laughs> I
0: love and, everything about this movie. I love the costumes. I love the cars. Um, I love the cast. Yeah, three C's: costumes, cars, and casting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a new
0: category. So, uh, Richard Linklater opinions about him as a director.
1: I, I like him. I don't love him. I love, I love this movie. I love the, um, his trilogy. What, like before, the before, before sunrise, before sunset. But he's really when he hit when he nails it that like natural vibe uh it's just uh, he does it in a way i think that's uh no one else quite pulls off he's got kind of a really
0: strange filmography there's a lot of weird stuff in there that's like really wildly different from each other but i there's, there's two things i really like about him as a filmmaker even if I don't love all of his movies is number one, he he's always trying stuff, you know, yeah. like with slacker and boyhood or two examples of movies Standard that I, darkly. Well, that too. Well, that was kind of a spiritual successor to waking life. Right. True. Yeah. I almost forgot about waking life. You know, it's like, he's, he's doing stuff that he's just, he's trying stuff. Like, boyhood i'm glad i saw it once i'm probably not going to go back to it but you know just how he did it i know this movie had a lot of problems it was an hour longer than it needed to be but you know filming you know going filming over the course of 15 years or whatever going back to the same actors and it's like i'm here for that and same thing with slacker i don't love slacker either I'm glad I saw it once.
1: I'm probably right. not
0: going to watch it again, but again, he was trying something, and and I'm always here for that. Whenever the, whenever a director is trying something new. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out. Whatever the result is, I'm gonna check it out at least once. And even if it doesn't work, I'm gonna respect him for trying that. The other yeah, thing, I, and I I agree completely. Number two is that he always not always but a lot of his films deal with time in an interesting way they either take place over a short period of time or a long period of time and he uses the audience's perception of time to help us feel invested like in this case it takes place over what was it At like one o'clock in the afternoon when the movie starts and into yeah, the, the morning the next day like yeah. Sunrise, like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., maybe the next day is when it ends. Um, and you know, the before series had that,
1: and yeah, that was sort of a uh, like the precursor to boyhood with the idea of like coming back and meeting these characters, you know.
0: Yeah, so that's something I appreciate too because film is a medium where you can do that. where. Anytime a anytime a director uses time in an interesting way, whether it's something like this or it's like uh, Memento or maybe you know Reservoir Dogs or jumping back and forth, yeah, Um, anything like that, I'm I'm always intrigued by because
1: time doesn't have to be linear in your film. You know, you can. Yeah, Tarantino just was killing it with Reservoir Dogs, and uh, I know he kind of does it in all, all of his a lot of his movies, if not all of them, but um, Tarantino plays with time a lot too. In yeah. his
0: Movies too. So, that-
1: but, but Reservoir Dogs and uh, Pulp Fiction, just like how they flow. We're definitely have to do those. Yeah, for sure. How, where are you at on waking life? Are you a fan of that? I, I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. Okay. It's just one of those movies that I, I think I need to actually, it, I never gave it a chance kind of thing. I kind of somebody was watching it maybe and in college and I was watching it and just maybe not in the mood to take in something quite like that where I obviously like, you know, the anima- animation aspect of it and respect that those poor bastards, especially I, I remember watching a behind the scenes on a, the making of scanner darkly. And I was just like, Oh, this is, this is miserable
0: scanner darkly is even tighter like oh the, yeah the animators on
1: waking life were given a lot more freedom and it's to... made more sense for the piece
0: yeah the you know made sense to the story yeah I, something interesting happened with that i remember when uh waking life came out it was like 2001 i was a grad student in savannah and uh you know everyone in my class was talking about it they had a screening of the theater and uh, for about 10 years, I would sh- occasionally show it to a class, you know, an animation yeah. class. I, and every time they always were blown away by it. Last time I showed it was maybe two or three years ago, and the class pretty much universally hated it. I don't know if like some kind of cultural switch went off where the philosophy doesn't work anymore. Pacing. I don't know. Maybe. Well, Alex, Alex Jones is in it. Yeah, <laughs> which I never realized. Really? Yeah, he's. I don't know if you. Well, you haven't seen all the three. I haven't like, seen in, it. Yeah, he's in a car and he's like ranting into a microphone, and it's. He's got speakers on his hood or something. Yeah, and I. I saw that movie probably dozens of times, and I never never realized it was him.
1: I mean, in two thousand one, nobody knew who he was, right? Right. And, but yeah, and he wasn't completely. Bonk, as bonkers as he is now i would I would hope not <laughs> um yeah i uh, this i this is the I wrote down the ultimate hangout movie oh yeah At, I also wrote down that it's very it has a lot of similarities with uh, uh, American graffiti
0: yeah he pitched it as that that's how he sold it to the
1: studio is like right
0: American Graffiti for the seventies,
1: right? It's yeah. I wrote American Graffiti in the seventies with less of a plot and more natural vibes. Like the the further you take the plot out, any kind of plot go device. Because what really is what's the plot? There's it's the end of school. There's uh they're trying to the younger kids are running the new freshmen are getting hazed. So there's a little bit of that going on. Throughout it, and then there's the party that gets canceled. Well, it's like, a th- and, it's- and then there's the whole thing with the um, signing the paper about like not drinking and fornicating or whatever. <laughs> I think that's drugs. kind of the
0: that's kind of the main conflict is that paper, right? Because what, well, whatever plot. It's three acts. Act one is hazing. Act two is cruising act three is the party at the moon tower yeah it's an ensemble cast and the the two kind of main characters if you could call them that are pink who's the football player and his conflict is that they want him to sign a paper that says he won't drink or do drugs over the summer his football team he's like the starting quarterback and by the way that prop when we see it there's like an insert shot of it looks so good it looks exactly like i don't know if you remember this but this must have been old like copy technology when when i was in grade school the teacher would give us a handout and it'd be all blue and uh it would be damp too it'd be damp and cold and it was like clammy like <laughs> i don't know what kind of i think it was like uh like photostat technology or something really crude copy technology. Uh. We, we used to say cold off the presses when, when a teacher would hand when a teacher would give the class a handout and it's like kind of kind of cold and clammy. The paper he's given looks exactly like that. So then there's Mitch Kramer, who I think is Linklater's self-insert character. I think that's like him.
1: I definitely identify with him the most. I not the baseball part cuz I avoided sports pretty hard. But like yeah. I was I was the Mitch.
0: So he's the freshman. He there's a group of freshmen that we follow and he's kind of the leader and they're trying to avoid getting hazed so the hazing rituals for boys involve getting paddled and apparently they're allowed to make these paddles in shop class in high school
1: well when your teacher's asleep and bongs
0: too by the way (laughs) that shot where like slater's making a bong he's like no you're getting air here man you got to get something around the base
1: oh slater we could have a whole podcast just on slater (laughs)
0: yeah and uh
1: for the girls it
0: involves getting stuff dumped on them did you ever do any of that in high
1: school did you ever get hazed in there high was nah, there was like oh shit there was some kind of like freshman beat-up day i don't know it was like i forget what it was called but like even Fr- the freshman beat-up day i don't know it was something like that and they would uh the um the uh, like principal over the intercom would be like even tease about it.
0: <laughs> I love the uh, eighth grade teacher, by the way, Mr. Payne. Oh, yeah. I wrote that down. He, he goes. so good. Men, 50 of you are going on a mission. Twenty five of you ain't coming back. And they, <laughs> That's all he says. <laughs> they just yeah. turn around slowly. And one of them's like, OK. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: On my high school swim team, we had pink bellies. Which was the freshman initiation? Like the, the team would like slap your belly until it was pink. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was our initiation. That was I, our high school. Never had any of the paddling.
1: I just can't imagine you in on a swim team.
0: Yeah, four years. I was on a swim team for four years. Hell yeah! If you can believe that, <laughs> I did the backstroke.
1: Yeah, um, Mitch is like there is this. I actually never really noticed it there i remember hearing a complaint on maybe another podcast or something but mitch is he's constantly touching his nose yeah there's a drinking game okay yeah (laughs) but i think he all in all everybody works in
0: this movie link later took the blame for that in the director's commentary but if you get the uh the criterion collection there's a director's commentary on it and that alone is worth it that's almost as good as the movie yeah. But yeah that there's that scene where he does it like five or six times and uh link later during the commentary is like this is my fault i'm sorry i told him to do this <laughs> <laughs> but he does do that a lot yeah it's like his go-to gesture
1: well there's um I feel like it's like a something like Akira Kurosawa would say to his actors is like to pick like a kind of have something like a a a gesture that you repeat all the time like the in Seven Samurai the one guy the the rogue samurai guy he's always like does this like shoulder thing uh-huh. all the time so yeah. I know, maybe he he was pulling from that <laughs> I, don't know. I think he He said he saw him do it
0: once, and he was like, oh, that's good. Do that again. Yeah. And then he did it like five more
1: times in the same shot. Well, speaking of all these young actors, there's really long takes. That's Really long takes. Yeah. I mean, the actors
0: are given a chance, and the cast of this movie is just lightning in a bottle. The cast is so good. I mean, what other movie can you think of where – this many people who it was their first movie
1: and then later went on to be big movie stars. Do you know what one is a slightly surprising it's newer is Scott Pilgrim. A lot of those guys, I know not Sarah, not Michael Sarah, but a lot of those people um, weren't necessarily in like a lot of movies yet. And like, as that was being filmed, they were maybe getting picked up for like parks and rec with, or, or, Oh yeah, Aubrey Plaza's in that. Yeah.
0: I have to go back to that. I haven't seen that one in a while. Oh, that's a I love that movie.
1: We could do I've it a million that. times. Yeah.
0: But gosh, so many. All right, I got the IMDb here. Um,
1: oh, real quick, what was the drinking age in 1976 in uh, in apparently Texas? Apparently it was 18
0: cuz Okay. Remember the Mitch goes to buy beer and
1: hell, but I wasn't 18 until yeah cuz the guy yeah okay yeah.
0: I didn't look that up. I assumed it was right. Uh, you know the one there's one line in there about how um, like Don couldn't buy beer cuz one of the girls asks him which one of your friends bought you beer. Right. I, I don't know. I, I think they're just getting beer. Like the guy sold it to Mitch who who looks like he's about 12. So <laughs>
1: Some that of my guy friends, is great. That, he, that he's
0: like, hurt. he's selling, he's selling booze and cigarettes to a pregnant woman and advising, <laughs> yeah. advising her to eat well. It's very important that's that so, young mothers
1: get a lot of calcium. Yeah, that's like, very the most seventies thing ever. There's that's definitely of, like a little jab at the seventies.
0: Well, I think there's a few of those where it's like, oh, this wouldn't fly uh, now. Overt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I think even McConaughey's line about
1: picking up high school girls yeah the thing is though there is always a like in the background or there's somebody saying like oh like you're gross or like oh you went too far man or something there's there is like a you know like dawn is whenever the the girls are getting hazed that's maybe my least favorite scene is when those the girls are getting hazed yeah Oh, you bitches. I don't know. Something about it just doesn't play well to me. But um the she they bring a girl to Dawn and uh pink and Slater. Yeah. And he he makes a joke about like, do you swallow or something? And just like Slater's like, oh f- that's so gross. Like, fuck you, man. Like, which is, you the, know, the she, the correct way to like.
0: She calls him an asshole.
1: Yeah, like, so they do kind of cover their bases a little bit. And it is. Unfortunately, that's how, you know, kids talk, you know.
0: Well, yeah, there's a lot of those just it was a different time things. I mean, the teachers, um, you know. Just some of the attitudes.
1: (laughs) The one teacher is awesome. She's like super progressive.
0: Oh, that (laughs) that bit she does. (laughs) As the kids are filing out about slave owning white men not wanting to pay their taxes,
1: yeah, there's great stuff. I love when Slater's going off about like the aliens.
0: Yeah, that scene is like that whole speech is like intercut
1: with other stuff too. So well, that's the great thing about this movie is how it doesn't dwell necessarily on anybody. It does. It skips around really well, like effortlessly
0: yeah you you see you spend a little bit of time with some characters just long enough not too long usually there's some kind of punctuation at the end of not
1: even not even necessarily
0: i'm just thinking of like you know mike saying i want to dance and then they cut away and (laughs)
1: yeah
0: just a little (laughs) i don't know like a little joke or some little bit that kind of break whatever it is there's the perfect amount of awkwardness in this movie too like
1: yeah i wrote that down i wrote um i wrote that there it is there are moments that are awkward but not to a level that i'm like cringing at and i want to like flip the channel this or like look at my phone it's like it's it fits
0: it's believable yeah cuz they're like kids especially when like tony to, to, well tony and uh sabrina i think or who's the girl that he kisses at the end there's there's like a conversation
1: oh yeah the two of them yeah. Like, yeah when they leave they're like nothing like it, it's he's he is nervous and it's
0: believable that's what i mean that he yeah. you know and, the, and she is too because they kind of you can tell like they kind of like each other but yeah they're they don't know how to handle it they don't they're they're teenagers they don't have a lot of experience um the dance like the um the the eighth grade the eighth grade (laughs) dance (laughs) i love how hirschfelder is like making out with a girl and then five minutes later he's getting his ass kicked because his friends like dragged him away from
1: well because they're so over eighth grade they're like we're freshmen now let's let's go party yeah, that one—the blonde kid with the—is uh, so Carl overstepping his bounds in coolness. He's, he's too big for his britches. <laughs> uh, the um, I think my favorite scene in the movie. It's it's hard to like pick a scene because they all kind of blend together, but the. Um, when they're they're cruising it's before they go get beer and they're picking up the trash cans oh yeah and then Mitch picks up the like oh throw the bowling ball man and uh just how that plays out like it's just so spot on that feeling of like you don't like I just feel like that's happened to me. Like I've been with my brother's friends and then I did something way crazier than they would ever expect. And I'm surprised. They're surprised. And they like, love you. And then there's this long pause where
0: everybody's trying to process it. And then everybody just breaks into laughter. Like,
1: But that ad that, uh, that whole scene. And then he, they get pulled, pulled over by the guy. You, Did, oh, you, yeah. tra- did you break my, uh, mailbox and he like pulls pull, the gun on him and
0: it's like shooting at him too. Yeah, I, I love the bit where they
1: shooting at us. <laughs> they
0: peel away like he he puts his gun in his pants so he can open the door and they just take off and he like rolls down.
1: <laughs> yeah, who's the cool kid with like the he was going to have the party. He's Pick, he's driving Pickford. Yeah, he's like looking at Dawn and like looking down at the stick shift. Like, you get yeah, that's great
0: insert shot of Don putting it in gear and then you get a insert shot of his foot hitting the
1: gas and oh it's just uh, that like level of like uh, just doing so many bad things that you shouldn't be doing but it's and getting away with it it's just so fun and it's really the only time you can do stuff like that where you're not really really like well he, they are just teenagers you know what I mean
0: the stakes are low in this movie which is intentional like how when you're in high school you, it seems like everything's a big deal but it isn't i think yeah. he cap- he captured that emotion that sweet emotion i wasn't that cool in high
1: school no like, i, I, I gotta, it I wasn't I until yeah I, I was like it wasn't i didn't even start drinking until late senior year and i barely did that and then it wasn't until college that i really kind of had some self-confidence and i don't know i was even, the chameleon even the nerdy can...
0: even the nerds were like cooler than i was <laughs>
1: <laughs> well like there's i like the intellectual nerds in this with adam goldberg and tony and
0: yeah they were like to... over intellectualizing everything and it yeah. kind of he gets his ass kicked by doing that like he that scene at the party they they arrive at the party and like the, the guy confronts him and through that whole sequence he's you you cut back to him and he's getting more angry about it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's just like walking through the woods where like people are <laughs> peeing, just like talking to himself.
0: Yeah. Dominant and, male monkey motherfucker. Yeah.
1: <laughs> drunk enough. <laughs> I uh that I walked past some frat kids with a girl in college and uh they said, You want some dip? And we both said no. And then a couple steps away, I said, when you dip, I dip, you, we dip, what you know, or whatever that song is. And uh, the one of the frat kids came after me and like, hey, you call me an asshole? I was like, no, man. <laughs> you know, and it just was that back and forth, like, why'd you call me an asshole? I was like, I didn't call you an asshole. Like you asked, I'm explaining it to him and just like you know he wouldn't back down yeah it ended up nothing happened but just so fucking stupid
0: that character pickford was apparently supposed to be bigger like the the role was supposed to be bigger but i guess the actor sean andrews wasn't getting along with anybody and like he just wasn't gelling with the rest of the cast so he was kind of written out in wooderson's role
1: kind of replaced him. So the you you mean the kid that was going through the party. Yeah. Oh, he but he I like he he's in it just enough. He's good too. I like the part with his dad and the beer and he was
0: supposed to be in the scene at the end of the film where they're
1: smoking weed on the football field. That was supposed yeah. to be
0: him instead of Wooderson.
1: Oh. Like I knew through. I knew kids like that too that they were like the super fucking cool kids had a cool girlfriend and were super rich but like acted like they weren't
0: mila jovovich yeah i think this is her first movie she has five words she says five words in this
1: movie but you remember her Uh, yeah you remember everybody that's why it's so impressive
0: first person you see like you see a close-up of her rolling a joint well let me just go through here jason london uh, Joey Adams, Mila Jovovich, Rory Cochran, Adam Goldberg, Tony Rapp, Cole Hauser, he's been in a bunch of stuff, Ben Affleck, of course, Parker Posey.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, she's good.
0: I, I'm just trying to think of another movie where that happened, where they had an like a unknown cast that just made an unbelievable movie, and then they like half of them went on to be huge Maybe not huge. A couple of them went on to be
1: huge. Yeah, uh, M- McConaughey, like, really, hasn't changed that much. <laughs> I know, he's <laughs> the same guy. Yeah, because he is. That I always character. think like, right when you like rewatch if you watch an old Tom Cruise movie, he's doing a lot of the same acting things he he d- did in Risky Business that he's doing In anything, (laughs) I mean, he, him and George Clooney kind of have this. I know this is kind of a departure here, but uh, they just have these sort of tricks they do. George Clooney kind of has this head wobble. (laughs) Oh yeah, you just see it in every movie. He wobble his head All right, well, like Tom Cruise just did his weird like double take look thing he does and. or just how he might deliver a line as animators we do that too i do that like well yeah you find out what i have what works and (laughs) i have
0: little bits that i do all the time like little and
1: directors you know like uh you know oh scorsese's known for
0: using the rolling stones (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) no rolling stones in this movie i don't think
0: and so the soundtrack
1: oh my god
0: so apparently he um
1: but the whole budget goes to
0: that link, yeah, link spent the whole budget on the songs, and the studio uh, and this was like it always surprised me this was produced with a studio that he had studio backing it cost uh, like something like seven million to make, and it made eight million, so it didn't do well, just made its money back. He gave up some of his pay to have money to go toward the songs
1: a lot of directors i was listening to a guy richie talking about a lot of his first movies just like no money
0: well that aerosmith song i mean can you imagine
1: without it like
0: it's perfect that's it fades in you're seeing the logos you hear it before the movie even starts and and then it just cuts in and you see that GTO and the the, the song starts and you're just like, oh yeah, I, I know what kind of movie this is. This is perfect. The The music is perfect. And the Aerosmith song, I think was the most expensive thing in the movie. I believe it. 80 grand or something. And then Jeez. number two is the Dylan song. And then.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: which neither of those. Which are- is
1: so like, like that's not. I don't know.
0: It's a good That's anthem great. for Wooderson.
1: It's like, oh, for sure. Yeah, I lo- I love that seeing him coming into the bar.
0: I have that as one of my uh, one of my favorite shots. the The tracking shot of him, Pink and Mitch walking into the Emporium, and the Dylan song is playing, and it's like slow motion. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's got his cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve.
0: But apparently the studio really wanted to have covers. I guess he wanted a, a Zeppelin song, but they, they wouldn't. Jimmy Page said no. Huh. So they, they went Foghat instead, which works. I think the Foghat Hat song's fine there.
1: It's all perfectly placed. I mean, this movie to me is, I'm sure, for what he was working with, I mean, it's as good as it's going to get.
0: <laughs> well, apparently he was also very strict about, you know, they give a date at the beginning. You see a title card at the beginning. It's like May 3rd or something. and The song had to come out before that. Yeah. If, a song, if a song came out later that year, he wouldn't use it because it. Oh, yeah. apparently he also made um, after the casting, he made a mixtape for each cast member. And was like, this is the music your character listens to.
1: Holy shit! That took him like a month.
0: <laughs> even the the uh, way the music is used, even in little little moments, like when uh, when they're driving to the junior high, you know, in uh, Benny's truck, and he's got Deep Purple on. Yeah, and it's just real quick. You don't hear much of it. It's just um, he's got it on his radio, like he's listening to it and then when his car when he turns his car off it's uh it stops like it was on his radio just little little moments like that the characters are listening to it but then it also segues into the next
1: scene right it's um, it's like a throwaway which doesn't like go like oh 70s 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 you know like look oh, oh, oh. like where like that's where 80s or these nostalgic 80s shows and movies these days are so in your face
0: oh i know so the uh the there's a lot of adr since we're talking about sound and music there's a lot of adr more than i had realized um and some of that's the best bit like there's some really good adr bits like um in the shop you hear slater say something about how you can't listen to john bonham's drum solo on strong acid there's like a little line there <laughs> and then in the uh in one of the classrooms I, 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 you wow hear... i
1: yeah no the, you're you're blowing my mind a little bit right now these are, they're so it's so well integrated that you don't even i wasn't even thinking about taking up on that kind of stuff well i noticed it um matthew mcconaughey's famous all right, all right, all right
0: line is ADR. Yeah,
1: that's when he's, yeah, he's just in the car. It's like, you don't even see him in the car. Yeah. They're rolling this, in. This wide it's like shot a crane of, shot. Yeah.
0: And yeah, the camera's way back here. If you look, he's clearly not speaking. Yeah. Because like, you can see him very small in frame. And they have an entire conversation. There's like a whole scene that sets up the Aerosmith tickets. They're like, are you going to get Aerosmith tickets? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, you drive into the
1: city. Yeah.
0: And that sets up the kind of the stakes, really, because the whole movie's about whether they're going to get Aerosmith tickets at the end. Really, I mean, that's what he. It's implied that Pink chooses that over, you know, signing the pledge. So that, right. that's I, his resolution of his character arc. It's about being true to yourself, really. I think yeah. his his arc is about that. Oh, um, that whole arc about the paper. Um, there's little bits where it comes back and it's really it's barely there it's like the this thread that just sometimes shows up my favorite one is when uh, there's he's talking to this older couple you remember that scene it's like the, the oh, right after the baseball game yeah, yeah after the baseball game like his, uh, the other you're seniors, gonna throw in
1: uh, two, 2000 for us yeah. red arm <laughs> yeah This old couple is clearly
0: way too into high school, local high school sports, kind of pressuring him to do well next year in football. Like, oh, you guys are going to work. We're dependent on you boys. And you're looking tough this year. You got 22 lettermen coming back and. And he's so awkward during that. He's so
1: uncomfortable. Well, it's kind of like the whole town knows each other kind of vibe. There's another scene where another like maybe one of the more serious scenes other than him telling the coach off at the end. Is he's in a truck with uh, that red hair, the curly redhead guy, Benny, that's in the Benny, yeah. And uh, he gets real mad at him. He's like, it's not just about you. It's about all of us. Like one of the things I like about this movie is that it's it almost has no like real drama
0: There's just enough. There's just enough. It's like the, the thread of the paper signing thing that comes back just often enough to say, Oh, this is still going on. He's still struggling with this. Yeah. Like every 20 minutes or something, it comes up. I love the very last thing we see of Benny where he's like <laughs> tries he, tr- to stand up. he tries to stand up and then he's like, Oh, I can't do it. And then, uh, yeah, and like, pl- he plays it off a little he bit. He almost
1: throws up. He goes yeah. like <laughs> well, he has been drinking since one o'clock.
0: Yeah. So much drinking and pot smoking in this movie.
1: There's this is a very silly nitpick, but like their Hirschberger or whatever his name is. Hirschfelder? <laughs> Hirschfelder, <laughs> he—they're—they're—they're Hirsch Hirsch. they're, they're like destroying him. And uh, Don walks back to the back of the car and opens up the
0: oh the yeah trunk,
1: and there's just I know just so much beer in it. But like driving around like they are that I those beer bottles are gonna break. Like half of those would be broken I if know. not more. That's just a little bit silly. I agree. It's still like and also like. There's like hundreds of beers back there. Like, yeah, it's full and cans too. It's like, yeah. Well, I, I also like how he's like, why'd you waste a beer on him? And like, he's really Benny's pissed.
0: Yeah, and, and then, then like, then Affleck just throws one. Yeah, he's
1: like, you just wasted another beer. I mean, there's just so much good stuff. Like when he he, th- I love that Don throws the beer to the kid. Yeah, and then it's the a little bit of, them- of
0: humanity. Like Benny yeah. wasn't gonna do it. But Don's like, all right, you can have a beer.
1: Like, yeah, he's like a, he's, he can like play all courts. Like, he's the jock, but he's also like, he's the ladies' man. He's hilarious. He can hang. He's not, he doesn't sweat the small stuff.
0: Right. I wonder why we didn't see more of that actor, Sasha Jensen.
1: Yeah. I, I, he was in I the Buffy him, movie, but. The, yes, I think of him in Buffy, and he's in Halloween 4. I never saw Halloween Four. Oh man, it's actually pretty good. Like, which one is that? Is that Uh, Resurrection? Halloween Halloween Four introduces the little girl. I forget the. Oh, that was the the one. That was the
0: one after the one that
1: had nothing to do with Mike Myers, right? Right. They wanted to bring back. They wanted to bring back Mike Myers, and kind of just do like a soft reboot. Yeah. And um, I just rewatched it for the Halloween season.
0: Well, because John Carpenter's original concept for the Halloween movies was that they were going
1: to be anthologies, like, oh, so it wouldn't just like because that's crazy because two like takes place literally directly after one. Yeah, it was it was a little supposed to be kind of a
0: movie series that was like Twilight Zone ish. Yeah, each one had a different. Each one took place on Halloween, but it had a different.
1: Yeah characters a different plot unfortunately he made the most iconic halloween character ever oh yeah
0: halloween for sasha oh, who, so
1: who so who were you in uh days in confused you're probably, saying you weren't even cool enough to hang out with the nerds
0: I was, I was probably mike i was probably mike if i was going to pick one i'm probably adam goldberg in this <laughs> i never got my ass kicked
1: though who are you uh, I, don't, I mean, I said I identified with Mitch the most, but like, I didn't. I wasn't cool maybe until I was barely cool and in, in
0: as a senior. We just didn't do that much of that in high school. I think I like you. I got drunk the first time I was like a senior, probably. Yeah. And then I kind of cut loose more in college. I don't know if the kids today I think are different than you guys
1: were. They don't. None count. of them. I'm always with our interns. I'm always like all right, like do a keg stand, you know, they're like going home and watching some anime series, which is fine, but like, <laughs> come on, you're in college, get crazy.
0: Yeah, that's what I keep telling them. I don't want to, I don't want to like overtly. Yeah. I, I, I can't like say, go get drunk, you know, but yeah. it's like, come on, enjoy life a little. You're young. This is your time. Your, your, your body's in its prime. Your your mind is in its
1: prime. You you can have And there's fun. no like, all you have to worry about is like getting up for class, and doing okay in class, and hopefully yeah. you you're doing like particularly well in your major. But like stakes are low. The original concept of this film was going to be
0: a bunch of guys in a car listening, driving around, listening to ZZ Top's Fandango album. <laughs> that was going to be the whole movie. Well, I'm glad it's not that. Two of those songs made it onto the soundtrack, though. Let me ask you this: you were you were born in the eighties, right? Yeah, eighty six. Did you get? Did you ever do any cruising in high school? Did you just drive around? Yeah. Okay, so that was still a thing.
1: In uh, so in your college years or uh, or high school years, did you ever have like a one crazy night of tomfoolery like that really like trumped every other night
0: it seems like there was this one party at a this is in college um and we're gonna go to a fish concert which at the time <laughs> they they were playing like smaller venues at that time they weren't they weren't doing bit, yeah giant arenas they were doing like college venues and we were gonna see them at michigan state stadium um And there was this party at this house and it was just crazy like a lot of booze a lot of drugs um one guy like passed out at like just super early like (laughs) 10 you know so yeah we're like there's this giant raging party going on we're just like jim wake up (laughs) he was (laughs) he was just dead to the world so we took the couch and like took it out to the set it on the curb and just left him there I think there's like a pound of weed involved too. <laughs> like those
1: somebody get somebody ha- somehow ended up with a pound of weed and it was just, I love it. I had uh, my crazy night. I was home from uh, maybe freshman year for the holidays. One of them. And uh, my buddy, we hooked up my, we always would have a bottle of Canadian mist whiskey for my grandmother when she came. No one would ever drink it but my grandmother. And we got some coke and we so we're drinking those and then he's like, "Oh, my brother is having this party in a field. This giant plot of land that we were looking for was in between like an old highway, you know, and the um Waynesburg Airport, which was basically just private planes would take off, not like you couldn't, like, fly from there to go to Pittsburgh or something like that. Mm-hmm. We're now, like, <laughs> like, four-wheeling through this, like, dirt path to try to find his party, we see, like, a red solo cup as, like, a breadcrumb that we're, and we end up never finding this uh, party. And we end up on the, um, the runway of the airport in his JAG through all that like excitement steven had spilled a beer all over his lap and i think i passed out but it was just insane you
0: never found the party though never found the party oh yeah we had, yeah i did a lot of drugs I, I assume we're done talking about days to confuse yeah.
1: that should be the end of the to just cut <laughs> just stop right there